1: This week, we have an awesome, inspired guest. Her name is Wendy Marion, which I had the privilege, I usually don't have this, but she just so happens that her business is about five minutes away from my house. So I had the pleasure of meeting her and going through one of her sessions, which I found so fascinating and so helpful, and also was fortunate enough, which I got a plug right here, to get her book powerful thinking on purpose, learn to direct your thoughts and achieve success. I love it. How to be more positive and get more of what you want. Great book. She was nice enough to give it to me. I also got this little bracelet, which I love it, that says I have right here on. I like the idea of that. So I got all look Oh, and I got a coffee mug too, about. What message are you sending your crew, I think? But when I bring her on, she'll tell you more about that. It was just a fun time, and I was very fortunate that it was so close by. Let me tell you a little about it. Wendy is a board-certified hypnotherapist, certified hypnosis trainer, author of the amazing bestseller, Powerful Thinking on Purpose, which we just talked about, founder of the Center of Success in Wayne, PA, And we talked about this and I got to meet Loyal Human. I love the way she says that. Loyal Human to a loving rescue dog, which I kept calling Diva, but it's, what was it? Viva? Ziva. Z-I-V-A. Oh my goodness. She was named after after a character
0: on a TV, on NCIS. Ziva was an Israeli Mossad agent.
1: (laughs) (laughs) had nothing to do with
0: her adopted name
1: was Zia. I never heard a name Ziva in my life. It's crazy. Well, anyhow, it was a gr- It was so fun. So we what, what did we do, Wendy? We went for a walk as part of our session, didn't we? Absolutely. It was great. I mean, I was there for almost three hours and she's like, oh, the dog's going crazy. You know, uh, why don't we do a walking? Hey, do you mind trying some things where we're out in the course? And of course I did. So it was good times. So let's just get right into it, Wendy, because this is a big one. I think so many people really don't understand hypnosis. I do know that there are people that, um, the ones that I know uh, that have gone to something like this, it was to overcome a fear of flying, uh, a fear of public speaking, smoking and stuff like that. And that's about as much as I'm familiar with. I'm not familiar with all the other areas. And also, I think everyone does joke about, I'm sure you get it. Hey, you know, are you going to make me cluck like a chicken?
0: Oh, yeah, of course. And and if they say that to me, I say, well, what would that sound like? So what would that sound like, Sandy?
1: Clucking like a chicken?
0: Yeah.
1: Bark, bark, bark.
0: See, that was pretty easy, wasn't it? Made you I do know. it.
1: Oh my God, you're funny. I'm sorry, you fell right into that. I did. That's so funny. <laughs> That's so funny. All right, so let's just get right to the point. What made you get into this?
0: Well, I got to tell you, nobody nobody in the United States goes to college and says, I want to become a certified hypnotherapist. Um, yeah. But I kind of went into it sideways. Um i was I took a class when I was around twenty three and I was a mess at age twenty three and depressed and anxious and been out of college for two years and didn't know what to do and I thought this class sounded really cool, but it was a class called Silva Mind Control, which had nothing to do with about controlling other people's minds, but it taught us how to use our subconscious mind in different ways for healing for um pain management for attracting things this is way before law of attraction and manifesting became part of our nomenclature and I actually attracted and I thought oh I can just kind of imagine and feel as if I already have what I want and I can get there it's kind of a cool concept isn't it
1: yes very cool
0: but being a 23-year-old, I was in a class full of people who were much older than me. And I was in a very materialistic time of my life because I, I had an apartment and I needed to buy a car. So I wasn't thinking about attracting happiness or love. Yes. I was thinking about yes. attracting a car.
1: <laughs> I think that's hysterical. You know? It, I mean, it's all, it's all a matter of priority, right? At that time, that was a priority.
0: And so... I was able to attract a car, and it was a very weird story. You want to hear it?
1: I do want to hear it.
0: Okay. So I decided I had $2,200. That's all I had to my name, and this is back in 1978. So you could buy a car yeah. for 2200 I wanted a gold VW Bug. I have no idea why. I just thought, oh, that would be cool. I could see myself tootling around town in a gold VW Bug. Yeah. So in the class, I learned how to visualize, imagine as if I owned it, imagine my hands on the steering wheels sitting in the car. And of course it was a stick shift. So I imagined this. Well, as you know, imagining isn't enough. Wishing isn't enough. So I called the three dealerships in Pennsylvania, the Center City dealership, a Jenkintown dealership and another dealership and said, I want a gold VW Bug. This is pre-internet. Too. Yeah sorry lady they don't come in gold yeah that's a custom color we don't have any in gold Call the next one sorry lady they don't come in gold that's a custom color Call the next one got the same response and i'm really ready to give up but i remembered what my instructor at Silva mind control said she said keep on going you never know how things happen in life they can come in a weird way yeah And so I kept visualizing. I'd see myself driving down Lancaster Avenue in this car and into Center City, Philadelphia, and parking and have people look. Now, mind you, I'd never even driven a BW Bug, but got this stuck in my head. Yeah. Called the next week. Got a bunch of no's. Sorry. Kept visualizing. Called a week later. Well, I was ready to give up. Sandy, this was the most ridiculous exercise I had ever done. Yeah. About 3 weeks into my exercise of visualizing, which was fun doing it, by the way. It was yeah. fun imagining. I get a phone call from the Jenkintown dealership. "Is this Wendy Marin?" "Yes." "We have a gold VW Bug."
1: "Oh my gosh."
0: I said, "What?" I all, my knees almost buckled. I was shocked. Yeah. And I said, "Oh my god." And they said, "Yes, it was a custom color and somebody just traded it in." Crazy. I was beside myself and I, I never told him how much I had to spend. Yeah. So I said, Well, how much is it? And they said, twenty two hundred dollars. Well, at this point, like I'm ready to hyperventilate. I'm beside yeah. myself. Then I asked, Hey, how many miles does it have? Sixty-one thousand miles. And my heart sank. Well, back then sixty one thousand miles was a lot on a yeah. horse car car. I didn't know how to fix cars and I just went, let me think about it. And I hung up and I spent the next two days going, what do I do? I thought about it. I thought about it. I thought about it. I got it. It's the universe telling me I have to, I have yeah. to get this car. You have to get it. So being 23, I wasn't about to ask my family or friends that, Hey, I thought about this car and it came to, to me. Do I have to get, I didn't want to sound like a nutcase. Yeah. So I called the instructor, uh, Jeannie Benson, who taught the class, and she remembered me, and I told her the whole story. And I said, Jeannie, do I have to buy this car now? And she laughed, and she said, no, of course not. She said, but you need to learn from your experience. I said, what do you mean? She said, you need to add the words or the thought that the car is perfect for you.
1: Ooh.
0: I was like, oh, But I think she left because I had to ask permission. But, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. So I spent 20 years manifesting things. That was easy. And it wasn't until back in 2001 that I got certified as a hypnotist when I realized that people actually, some people in the United States can have a career doing this. And I had been a stockbroker at Merrill Lynch and a money manager at Mellon. And I hated those careers. I was getting divorced and I the thought of going back and working in Center City in, in finance just made my my stomach turn. I said, Well, I'm gonna start a practice, and that's what happened.
1: That's the long story. No, you know what? It's not a long story, and it's a great story because you know it made you like the universe showed you that this is real and it made you a believer would you say? I mean, that's when you were like really
0: convinced. I was convinced at that point that our subconscious mind was super powerful. Yeah. And all that time, I had also been studying reincarnation and past lives. I thought that was the most fascinating thing on the planet. And I remember being 23 and doing a past life regression on my little brother that I was babysitting. He was 12 years old. And doing things like this and finding ways to help people get over their fears by teaching them some of the things I learned in this amazing class, which it turns out that the person who created Silva mind control was a certified hypnotist. Really? So there was a lot of overlapping, but it wasn't until 20 years later, nobody had ever used the word hypnosis. So I never made the connection.
1: Well, I know that when we, when I went in to see you, I had never been to a hypnotist or even explored it. And the way you were explaining it to me, it's a lot more than just being hypnotized. You know, there's a lot more that has to do with the retraining of your brain and the counseling part of it. Now, I don't know if that's for everyone. You know, maybe some people don't need as much counseling as somebody else, but that's what I wanted to ask you about. Does everyone, is there a counseling component? To every part of it, that's a good question. Which is
0: my way of saying, hmm, let me think about the answer for that. Um, I'm not a therapist and I'm not a counselor, but counseling is something that we do with friends, we do with families, and for any sort of um, how do I describe this powerful human change counseling is listening and helping people change, then yes, there is counseling involved. It's not just come in the office and you go into hypnosis and you leave and magic happens. Hypnosis is actually a tool. That's all it is. It's based on the science of how your mind works. And it's a tool. it's, It's a hybrid of meditation and daydreaming. It's a natural state of mind but it's a way for the inner subconscious to accept positive changes. and But it's only one of the things I do. There are yeah. maybe 10,000 certified hypnotists in the United States, and we all have different methods in different ways. My goal with my clients is that through their sessions, not only do they learn how their subconscious works, that learning this is the puzzle piece that makes total sense so they can use these tools for other parts of their life. So when people come to me for fear of public speaking, which I specialize in.
1: Yeah, I saw your sign out there.
0: Yeah. And so I specialize in that. And people come to me for that. But can they use these tools for sports, for changing habits, for feeling more optimistic? That's what I want them to do. I'd rather have them leave going, wow, I learned a real lot. And having gotten over their fear of public speaking. Yeah. I mean,
1: I came to you from a friend who said they were afraid of flying and you helped them. Mm-hmm.
0: We can help any, I can help anybody with anything if it starts in the mind. So ultimately, I mean, if you break your arm and you say, Wendy, can we do hypnosis? I say, nope. You go to the yeah. hospital.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But if it starts in the mind and there's really no biological reason for it, then absolutely. Because really, when we come down to it, wouldn't you agree that your thoughts determine how you feel? Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm teaching people the law of attraction. How do you do it? Teaching people, how do you be more optimistic? Well, you can't just be positive. That doesn't work, does it?
1: No, that was one of your first tips that says positive thinking isn't what it's cracked up to be. So let's just go right into that.
0: <laughs> okay, so Sandy, let's say you're really, really worried about something. And it's a real mm-hmm. worry. It's a true worry. And this, this happens to all of us. And if I'm your friend and I say, oh, come on, Sandy, just be positive. What's your first thought? Oh, shut up (laughs) (laughs) yeah and your second one is how do you do that i can't do that that's not even possible and so that's what i teach is step by step how to direct your thoughts to be more optimistic and how to work with your mind rather than fighting against your mind
1: Hmm. is this in school do they no, I don't think so. Not yet.
0: Not yet. I like that. One day they're teaching meditation yep. in some schools.
1: They're doing yoga in some public schools in Philly. And you know what? They absolutely, there's so much more around mindset sure. and helping with um, children and young adults with anxiety that it, I think it's going to come around to doing some of this. Don't
0: you? Well, if we get some other things solved in our country, maybe.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, we can only do what we can do with you, right? You know what I mean? Like we got to, you know, do the most we can.
0: But But, I'm going to put
1: it out there to your listeners. If
0: anybody has millions of dollars and nothing to do, let's start a foundation and help to teach middle school and high school kids how to be in charge of their thoughts and how to Ooh, be more optimistic. So if somebody has an extra 10 million, a lot of time, and they really want to help change the world, that's where we change it. Well, I hope that I hope the climate change people aren't getting mad at me. Yes, climate change needs to be changed too. Yeah.
1: That's okay. We can throw out opinions. That's what podcasts are for, Wendy. <laughs> yeah. But um you're right. When you start up when I went in to do a little work with a first grade class. And when you start them young, it makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's you know? when, when
0: we're under the age of 12, that's when we, um, that's when most of our beliefs are formed, beliefs about ourselves. And based yeah. on the people around us, mom and dad and teachers and friends. And many of these beliefs are erroneous. Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. Math is really hard. Um, You know, I'm nervous speaking and, you know, my mother's scared to speak in front of a group. Therefore, something must be scary about it. So I'm going to be scared. And we learn all these things about ourselves, And then as we get to be adults, these beliefs kind of hold us back, which is. And we don't even realize it. No, they're called limiting beliefs for a reason. But we don't even realize that sometimes we've picked them up inadvertently. Most people with a fear of speaking in public have gotten that. It runs all the way back to childhood. Yeah, I I believe that. I had one client. This is interesting. One client um, who was 55. CEO of a big company in Philadelphia. And we were, it's a five session process to overcome the fear. And we ended up doing an interesting exercise. And he went, because he was like, really mm-hmm. wanted to find out the origin of his fear. and he we went all the way back. And he was telling me that his mom said, never, ever, ever talk to strangers. I mean, she drilled that into his mind, which is a good thing as a parent, right? And when he was about six, his parents had a party and he had to get dressed up in a little suit and nice shoes. And he was with his mom and they opened the door and there was a woman there he didn't know. And she comes in and his mother says hello to this woman and says to her son, you know, say hello. And he went, I'm not allowed to talk to strangers and his mouth couldn't even move. He was so terrified because he was told he was never to talk to strangers. Now that doesn't always cause somebody to have a fear of speaking, but it was kind of interesting that that kind of came out. Yeah. Isn't
1: that weird from not talking Mm -hmm. to strangers and it was that deep. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well,
0: he was terrified because his mom. So is into that it.
1: what you do with hypnosis? You, you try to get down deep in there and bring out what they don't even know they're thinking.
0: Occasionally but it's not necessary for change. Um, but when we're dealing with fears, um, It's a very helpful tool because we can go back then knowing that and go back to a time before any of this ever happened and use the therapeutic and hypnotic um, tools to inform that young child before it ever happened that, hey, this is going to happen to you and you're going to be nervous and that's okay. Because your mom didn't really want you to not talk to any strangers. She just didn't want you to talk to strangers outside the house. God. So, so we go back and do a whole variety of techniques. Um, because we're changing this at what we call a subconscious level. It's below our awareness. So we do that yeah. sometimes. And that's actually a technique called an age regression different than a past life regression where you go back to a past life.
1: Have you ever had that? No. Have you ever done that? No. No? I'm not familiar with anything really with hypnosis at all.
0: Oh, okay. Are you, well, let me just ask you if, if I were to ask you, um, what are your thoughts on reincarnation? Um, I, I think I believe in it. Yeah. And a lot of people feel that way. And so you can actually, there's also a belief that our subconscious mind holds, which the fact is it holds all of our memories, everything we've tasted, touched, smelled, experienced. It holds our emotions and feelings and holds our imagination. There is a very common belief in throughout the world that the subconscious is a connection to our God and the universe And it's also the connection to past lives. So you could go into a very nice, kind of a dreamy state of relaxation and just allow your mind to make up stories. Or maybe there are real stories that are coming up.
1: Oh. Do you do that a lot with people? Mm -hmm. I don't
0: advertise it because I'm in Wayne, Pennsylvania, and it's kind of a conservative area. But... I do when people ask and I do for fun for fundraisers, yeah. for groups I'll hold a past life regression uh, party and then we'll do a group past You know, life I haven't
1: seen that but I have seen like parties for fun where they have a psychic so it's the same kind of thing, right? I mean like is it light like- hearted or do you, yeah yeah Oh well,
0: yeah Oh yeah. Are you kidding? If it's, if it's, they learn about hypnosis, they learn about research and reincarnation of which yeah. there's some real research. And it's a lot of fun. Um, that's just one of the things I do. What I really do is I also, I'm a hypnosis trainer and that's something that I love doing. I love teaching certifying people in the science. and the Yeah. That sounds hypnosis. like a lot of
1: fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I love teaching. And, you know, not just like you said, the client, but for, you know, other people to learn, be able to, you know, spread this out into the world. Um,
0: well, what do you what do you like best about teaching? Oh, I I think I learn more from them.
1: Do you, you know what I mean? Well, every time you first of all, every time you teach, you relearn it and you get it more into your system. I always say like I when I teach. And it could be the same thing over and over again. I learned something new that I didn't know. And it also makes me more passionate about it. Um, Also, I think in teaching, I don't know, I love learning from everyone. And so there's always something to learn from the student. So what's your favorite thing to teach these days? I really, we're kind of in the same field, Wendy, in a different way. So I love teaching simple techniques that people can use in their everyday life to switch gears out of that negative mode, which I think you and I have talked about, um, and little things they can do that don't take a really long time, you know, that they can do in like one to three minutes. And anything that gets somebody in a positive frame of mind, which we are both on the same page, it's not just about positive affirmations. It's so fun. You know, it's so fun to see bringing some more joy to someone's life, which you're the same way, right? That's what you want to do. Ultimately, yes. I mean, we,
0: what I do as a hypnotist, we go into the subconscious mind and make permanent changes but then there's always the question the client asks, which is, well, what about yeah. real life? <laughs> okay. So let's practice this, go out in real life and do a presentation after the third session, come back and let's do this, but you're still good. They still get strategies. Yeah. So can I yeah, ask so you like, this, well, let me, um, no, no, okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. This is, I'm not interviewing you, but I ha- I'm curious. Um, what's one of your most favorite go-to tools to help you
1: shift your mindset? So for me, I journal a lot. I journal all the time. So that's one of the biggest things that I will do. I'll start writing down and I'll just randomly write what's going on. And, and it, it shifts me out of different mindsets. So I'm a big component of journaling. And also for me, it's different. I love the outdoors. So a lot of when I clear my head and all that could be while I'm taking a hike with my dog or mountain biking and riding my bike. Those are the things I love doing. But so what about
0: what would happen? What would you do if you were talking to somebody and they said something and you all of a sudden started getting really worried or anxious. What do you
1: do? Um, I take deep breaths in. Yeah. That's huge. It's really powerful. I take deep breaths in. So I know you're asking this for a reason. So are you? No, no, I'm I'm,
0: because there's so many different ways and you take deep breaths in. But there's, and I'm just kind of thinking, which is, it's so brilliant and so simple, but people have to be taught how to do that, don't they? Yeah, I
1: mean, just stopping. We call them like brain resets, but just stopping and taking deep breaths in and deep breaths out is so relaxing to me. And then also, I do... I think you and I were talking about this. I, you know, I take a step back from it and say, you know, what's a belief? It's just a thought you've been thinking over and over again, right? So that these thoughts aren't, like we were talking about, it's not reality. You know, it's not my future. You know, these are just thoughts that are there. And you you and I spend time Mm -hmm. talking about that too.
0: Yeah. And so there's, we take that and even do some more fun kinds of things. Like, um, I'll, you want to learn something real quick? Sure okay. Let's, or maybe all your listeners while you're doing this, let's imagine that, um, a client, let's imagine that you're worried about something happening. Yeah. Um, like what would be something that would be common to all your listeners? Um oh not having enough money to pay bills. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay. So would you you would do this? You'd close your eyes for a moment and just take a gentle breath and see an
1: image. If you're driving, um, don't do this.
0: <laughs> yes, thank you. Or if you're operating any heavy machinery or making lunch yep. or anything that requires attention. Um so imagine that thought inside your mind. Now, maybe the thought looks like a picture or a snapshot or a video, or maybe it's easy, maybe it's clear, doesn't matter. And just put a dark frame around it. Good. Now, take this image and notice all the feelings in it. Notice if it's light or dark or dreary. I mean, it's a thought about not having enough money. It's a pretty crappy thought. And I want you to take this thought and push it off to one side just push it off to one side push it off a little further so it's in your peripheral vision but just move it over there and open your eyes and close your eyes and now take yourself in a future thought and imagine yourself see yourself in the future your eyes are sparkling you're smiling you look great, your hair looks great, put yourself in your favorite colors, and this is a future you, and see yourself maybe sitting at your computer and looking at your accounts and going, oh my gosh, I love that I can spend money on anything I want. Or even imagine yourself in a future that's proof that you're financially secure. Maybe imagine yourself on vacation by yourself or with your family. And you're really enjoying it. And people come up to you, maybe family or loved ones, and say, God, we're so blessed we can do this. We're so blessed we get to go away and enjoy ourselves. And this is really a massive pretend and imagination. And take this image and put a white frame around it. And now I want you to punch up the colors. Punch up the feelings. Make this image bigger and bigger and more detailed. You can see it and smell it and feel it and hear it. Make this frame even bigger and bigger. Really make it huge. Okay? Now that it's so huge, it's right there, front and center, really huge. I want you to keep holding it here and notice that old dark frame that's way over there it's still over there. Maybe you can see it or maybe you can't, but you know it's still there. And I want you to take your finger, your fingers, and magically push that dark frame a 100 yards away. And now take your hands and push that frame a mile away, that dark frame, Push, push it a mile away. If you can still see it, Do it again, push it 10 miles away. And now just push it a hundred miles away. If you can still see it, push it a million miles away. And now that it's so far, it's out of the horizon of your mind. I want you to take that white frame, make it bigger and pretend you're stepping right inside this image. Just put yourself right inside. And maybe you can feel the feelings of where you are. Look at the different colors and different textures of where you are. Notice the sounds. And on the count of three, because you're in this right now, use your creative mind and lock this huge white frame right where it is. One, two, three. Lock it in and then open your eyes.
1: Oh, I love that one, Wendy. And
0: so what you're doing with that is you're directing your subconscious, you're directing your thoughts to change what happens in your mind so that when you are worried and worries come up. Yep. That you are going to be training your mind to focus on this white image, which is really easy now. Yeah. And you can do the same thing in two seconds that you did by flicking that dark frame away and going back to this. Because we all know that a worry is a thought about something that hasn't happened. Yep. We might as well think about something that hasn't happened that we want to have happen.
1: I love that. And that's just one little technique. Oh yeah. Just one. One. It's crazy, but all
0: your listeners can use this on anything, anytime. Yeah, and in the moment, we can't guarantee what happens, but you can feel good in the moment because scientifically, our mind can only hold one thought at a time. That's exactly right. Although most that's people, exactly right. most people don't believe it when I say that. Do they believe? It? Well, that I know for sure. Yeah, but do people believe you when you say it?
1: Um. I don't know. You know, I never really thought of that. Maybe they have doubt. I never thought
0: of that. Because of what I do, I have to dispel a lot of myths. Help yeah. people get over a lot of their doubts. Yeah. So I'm always asking about, do you believe that? And if they don't believe it, then we do a little exercise and then they go, okay, I believe it now.
1: Yeah. Oh. I like that one. Like the thing we do when, when we were out walking about the books in one hand, remember yeah. you had, you're like, do you care if people are looking at you? <laughs> yep. And that's, that's
0: a, that's a very cool kind of technique. Imagining you're holding books, imagining you're holding balloons and notice your thoughts and how your body responds. Yeah. So there's a lot of science to hypnosis and I know you and I didn't talk about it cause it kind of gets dry, but there's over 5,000 research studies on hypnosis. It's wow. been proven for pain management because they can measure it. But you yeah. really, It's very hard to measure optimism and positivity, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Good point. But for sports, when I help people in sports, that's the easiest thing in the world for me. Um, a lot of hypnotists stay away from it because they feel like they have to know the sport and you don't have to. But sports... The reason I love it so much is clients come back and say, yep, yep, I played golf last week and it was really different. I used these techniques and it was really different. And so it's kind of
1: fun. Oh, yeah. I think that would be a great time. And I know, I mean, I'm not saying they say it's hypnosis, but I know sports psychologists, I mean, what do they do? Is that one of their tricks? Probably not because
0: most psychologists, you know, hypnosis is... Most psychologists don't learn how the subconscious mind works. So I, to be honest, I don't know what sports psychologists do. Um, Mm -hmm. But I see clients who also see sports psychologists. So I know that I'm doing different things that are complementary to what they do. I'm not going Mm -hmm. against what they're learning through sports hypnosis. I see some professional athletes.
1: Yeah. Well, that is really fun.
0: Yeah, it is. I have to tell you, I had a client who called me on the phone and I talked to clients. I talk to people before I want mm-hmm. to see them because maybe there's things I can't help with, or maybe they're depressed and I'm not the right person for them. And this guy says, well, I have problems when I'm shooting. And I'm like, huh? He said, yeah, I shoot. I said, what do you mean? I'm thinking, does he shoot yeah, up? Yeah, Does yeah. he shoot a gun? What are you talking about? And he said he said no. He said, I have a bow and an arrow. Ah. He said, I shoot. He said, I go out and there's tournaments and competitions for um, there's a specific name for it. They don't they don't just shoot the um uh whatchamacallit? They shoot these big plaster or plastic animals. So it's as if it's simulating um, shooting out. Yeah, I I
1: mean, I just know archery, but I don't know any other name.
0: Right. It's not the basic archery with the bullseye and all that. So these guys are going out in this pretend field where they have different animals, life size. And if you hit your arrow on a certain part of the animal, then you get 11 points. And these are tournaments all around the country. And he said, I do fine in my yard. And I'm thinking his yard he said yeah i got about 20 30 animals in my yard in all different places and i'm shooting at him thinking oh my god what is his neighbor yeah thinking? yeah yeah well maybe he's
1: out in the woods
0: he is and he he would be fine at home but once he got into a tournament he would he would choke up he just wouldn't do it yeah. well. um now i don't know i i held a bow and arrow when i was 12 that's the extent of it and yet it doesn't matter what the sport is is if my client's already good at it, yeah. then I can help them. But if my client says, I need to be get better at it, I say, no, practice is what you need to do. But if a client says, I get nervous in a tournament situation, yep, can help them. And he actually just finished a tournament and he ended up in the top five
1: of the entire country. Holy moly. You must have felt so good. I was
0: so excited, but I couldn't tell anybody.
1: Well, (laughs) oh, yeah, that's right. Client, privilege, confidence, you know.
0: It happened. I couldn't tell anybody. (laughs) It was frustrating.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. But that's okay. You know, there's that self-satisfaction.
0: I know. But one of the, I tell my students, my hypnosis students, that sports is great. Other things are really tremendous because we get referrals from past clients. But nobody in any sport ever refers anybody to me. took me a while to figure it out.
1: Oh, I see. They don't want people to know. Yep. I wasn't even thinking that. Yep. It's almost like I know it's totally different, but a lot of times when people find... You know someone that cuts their hair really great or a great massage therapist sometimes they don't like referring it because then they go wait a minute i can't get in for my appointment i don't know if you've ever heard that but it's the same thing
0: yeah and i've thought that too <laughs> right
1: yeah you know what i mean and you know like oh man if i keep telling everybody this is the great greatest massage therapist ever well you want to help that person but they're they're like ah oh, Darn, now I can't get any appointments, but I don't know. Hopefully we still did refer the person. So let's go back here just a little bit, because Wendy, I know there's a lot, you know, that we could talk about for days on this, but it's just, you know, we're just basically trying to, you know, wet their whistle, give them just a little touch and a little idea um, to explore it a bit more. And you said this, and I think you, you know, pretty much answered it, but how and why affirmations frequently fail. And let's just dive into that a little bit, okay?
0: And I'm not dissing affirmations. Affirmations have a place, and they're really good. Um, but when we use an affirmation, because we want well, it goes to go with public speaking because that's an yeah. easy. One. If a client, if somebody is trying to get over their fears of public speaking, and they use an affirmation. They're going to be thinking positively and acting as if they've already achieved their goal. So they would sit down and say, I am a calm, confident speaker and I feel great. I am a calm, confident speaker. Feels great to say that stuff to ourselves. Feels great to imagine it. But frequently, there's a little voice that starts to get louder and louder the more we say it which is, no, you're not. The last 10 times you got up in front of a group, you blushed. The last five times you forgot what you were to, you were saying. Yeah. We can't lie to ourselves. And that, by saying it that way, is can be, in a lot of cases, lying because they're not a calm, confident speaker. We can't act as if it's not true. And when it's not true, then our mind tends to slide back to, Oh, God, I'm never going to get over this. Oh, God, I'm never going to be comfortable speaking in public. That's a basic affirmation, acting as if. And I want to go on record is this is, I'm not against affirmations. I think they are great, but they have to feel true. If they don't, then we slide down into that uncomfortable place of, oh, I'm never going to get over it. Gotcha. And that's when I wrote my book, when I was writing my book, I was writing a book about why affirmations don't work. This mm-hmm. regard, I don't know how many years ago. And I put it aside because I thought, well, that's really negative. Why do you want to send that out? Because affirmations do work, but not all the time. Right. And I had to wait until I put the book away and was almost finished And I just, I couldn't write it. And then I had to, I said, I can't bring a book into the world unless I'm saying something new and giving something helpful. And that's what my book is about, is how to bypass that belief, that belief that I'll never be able to speak in public, how to use language to bypass it so you can act as if, so you can feel it and you can keep this thought in your mind. And you can direct your subconscious so that your nervous system responds in the way you want, and that's that's why the affirmations don't work because they can actually make us feel worse.
1: Okay, so you gave me a little card, and I, I understand that because I think a lot of people do think, "Oh, yeah, you just think pippi skippy, and it works." And I'm I'm totally on board. <laughs> And the way that I heard it mentioned just a little different is, it's not the words you're saying, it's the emotion. So if you're feeling anything from a love-based emotion, then you know, you believe it. You know what I mean? Like if you're coming from joy or um, any other feeling that makes you feel really good, like how do you feel when you're saying it, right? Right peaceful you know powerful anything isn't that a indication of okay i do believe it versus when how do you feel when you're saying it and if it's a fear based emotion
0: so if let me see if i understand what you're saying so if i if i'm nervous about speaking and i imagine myself in front of a group of 200 people and i feel that joy and confidence and relaxation speaking That is the holy grail. That is the goal. And, but sometimes it's really hard to hold on to that feeling because it's so not true because it hasn't been true for 50 years.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. And so when
0: we can't hold on to it, then we slide back into, oh, I'm never going to get over this.
1: Gotcha. So. Your card that you gave me here—I was looking at it. I like the idea that every day and every way I'm getting better and better. You are a firm believer that you can say, "I like the idea" in front of everything because then you do believe that. Yeah, wouldn't you? Yes, yes. So you're you're saying you might say. Oh, I think of my body rocks and, you know, I'm hot and sexy. But if you've been thinking the complete opposite, you don't really believe it when right. you say it. But if you say, I like the idea that I love my body and I feel hot and sexy. Well, you do like the idea.
0: And so you can hold on to that thought and that feeling a lot longer.
1: Yeah.
0: And you can send that energy out into your subconscious and into the universe. Yeah. Now, I mean, obviously if it's against our deep belief systems, so I've said I like the idea I wake up and look like Christy Brinkley yeah. every morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's this like big red buzzer that goes, err, that's not gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I like the idea. It's a simple concept and the book discusses it and Having used this concept a lot with helping people change from anxiety to feeling better, it becomes, they integrate it into their thoughts, which integrates it into their beliefs. Yeah, People end up, and I have to tell you, it has nothing to do with me as a practitioner. It just has to do with how people understand their subconscious and they can really, we used to call it reprogramming or repatterning. When people learn that they can do this themselves, it's pretty empowering.
1: And I think that's what your whole goal is, right? To teach people how to do this on yourselves.
0: Absolutely. Because hypnosis is not about me doing something to anybody. It has nothing to do with that, even though that's what it looks like in a stage show yeah. or in a cartoon. Yeah. It's so far away from the truth. It's about helping people understand how their thoughts affect their mind so they can direct their thoughts and get different outcomes and achieve success without having to struggle. Because, you know, you've achieved success and your listeners, have, you guys have, everybody's achieved some sort of success. Yeah. And every time you thought about either learning something new or doing something, these times you had success were when you focused on the outcome you wanted like going to college. You saw yourself going to college, going, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. But if you kept thinking, oh my gosh, I can't do it. What if it's too hard? Yeah. What if it takes time? You never would have done it. Absolutely. So these are all things that we all use naturally, except for maybe one part of somebody's life where they get stuck. People get stuck with starting their own business. What if I'm going to fail? Yeah. And
1: guess what? Do they even start? Good point. Everyone has, I call it their sticky wicket, Wendy. Sticky wicket? Mm hmm. I know it's sticky wicket. I always call it sticky wicket. It's the, you know, everyone has their area.
0: Yeah. But we don't have to. Yeah. I mean, when you started your business, you didn't have those. Oh, what if I fail? Did you? Or if you did, you didn't hang out with them for very long.
1: No, I didn't.
0: Right. But other people will talk about having a business for twenty years and never do anything because of their thoughts.
1: Hmm. Yeah, you and know that- what? Absolutely. And yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, until we were, I don't. And actually. When I was researching you, I came upon you because originally, you know, I was in physical therapy for my neck and it's funny because the girl said we should try um, hypnosis. It's really good for recovery and pain. Isn't that funny? The physical therapist said that.
0: Wow. I wish the physical therapist would have a hypnotist on their staff to help people. Yeah, they've done some research that people who focus on the outcome they want. Let's say if you've um, hurt your leg, Um, and I've helped sports people with this. Um, One was a a young woman who was top in the state—not Pennsylvania, but another state—and she was a runner. And then she tore her ACL. I think that's a knee thing, and she was having trouble, um, running a hundred percent into it. And so she learned how to use her mind so that she was able to put a hundred percent into it. And she used her imagination. And so I said, imagine your legs being the strongest, maybe you're making it up. Maybe they're made out of steel or maybe something else. And she starts giggling. I said, what are you thinking? She said, I have cheetah legs. Oh, okay. Imagined her legs were as strong and as powerful as a cheetah. And the cheetah legs were running effortlessly and she didn't have to do anything. Well, within six months, she got back up and won best in state for her age group.
1: That's crazy. Because she had Cheetah cheetah legs.
0: Cheetah legs. And then the weird thing about this was I had another runner about three months later. And I said, Oh, imagine your legs are made of something really strong and that just has incredible power and incredible speed. And she started giggling. I said, What's going on? She said, I have cheetah legs. I'm like, Is this a thing for runners?
1: Well, I could see why, right?
0: I don't, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I could see why, you know.
0: But people, there's been research on people who do relaxation and visualization exercises prior to surgery. And post surgery, actually recover faster.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I, I mean, if you can see yourself getting healed and visualize yourself already doing your activities, it's going to be a lot easier.
0: Well, and there's research on, they even did research on couch potatoes, people who sit mm-hmm. and watch TV all day. A hundred. Mm-hmm two groups, a group of a hundred and said, don't change whatever you're doing. Keep on doing what you're yeah. doing. And they met, they measured their muscle mass. Then they took another group of a hundred and said, okay, every time you watch a commercial, I want you to close your eyes and imagine you're doing the most powerful, strong sport, like lifting weights or running. I want you to really imagine yeah. and feel it. And after about two months, the second group that imagined it, their muscles actually were stronger.
1: Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's fascinating.
0: It is. And they didn't do anything.
1: Right. In their mind they did. Yeah.
0: Yeah, in their mind. I think that's unbelievable. I think by the time I have grandchildren, they're gonna there's gonna be research on all this, why all this works. Right now I don't think we understand it all. We just know it
1: works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Good point.
0: Yeah. So yeah. For, for all your listeners, you know, think about what it is that you're afraid of or what you haven't achieved that you really want to achieve and find ways to change your thoughts, your beliefs, your feelings, your energy to get to that. Cause then people don't, if somebody else has done it, of course we can do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Except I can't be Christy Brinkley. So
1: no, no, I get it. It's like when someone says, oh, just imagine yourself, you know, that you're a great quarterback, you know, and my husband's like, oh, I can't, he always is like, yeah, that's all got to do with my mind. I'm just going to be Peyton Manning, you know, and they make fun of it that way. Like, that's the number one joke that people say, oh, I can do it all I want, but I'm not going to be, you know, yeah, some, and they somehow that is their rationalization for you can't get everything you want but you know whose rule is that i guess it's their rule
0: (laughs) right we make up a lot of our own rules don't we yes we do i mean i'm the queen of making up rules in my life that's the only reason i do this kind of work is because i used to be an anxious mess when i had all sorts of things like you know you have to do things this way and if you do this, you're never gonna make it and blah, 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 yeah. blah. And so chopping down my own rules, this this these techniques were the only thing that worked. But it it, it ultimately though, it doesn't mean like I'm miss looking at life through rosy glasses and I'm positive yeah. all the time. I still worry and have concerns. I just hang yeah. out with them very much.
1: You don't stay with them long.
0: No, Mm-mm. no, because I, I I've trained my mind and I know that they're not very useful. But if there are some worries that are useful, like oh my gosh, I'm worried there's going to be a hurricane, yeah. and then I go out and get some milk and bread and eggs. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if I come back and I'm still worried, well, what's that say?
1: Good for you, Wendy. I love it. <laughs> you're, you're actually applying your own techniques, which is very nice
0: that's why I do this for other people is because it's the only thing that worked for me. Yeah. And and I think it's true when you think about, you know, look at how you've been helping people. You help people in a huge way. And most people who help others like you do it because somewhere along the line, something like that worked for you. Yeah,
1: absolutely. 100%. And the thing is with me and it could be exciting or frustrating for people. The reason that I started the podcast, one of the main reasons is I love sharing people's stories and I love sharing their point of view or anything that's making a positive difference in the world. And like you, I like learning new methods and new theories. Like I don't just think like my way is the only way I think I can constantly learn different tidbits and pieces from other people. And like, I am open minded to almost anything. Like I'll I'll hear it out. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and there isn't just one method for me. Like, it's not like, okay, this is the only way I think you can bring in different tips and tidbits to help you, you know, in your journey, but others like they just have one way and that's it. And that's perfect for them. But for me, that wouldn't make for a good podcast host, would it? <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Well, no. And, and that's the thing that a lot of hypnotists, the hypnotists that I train, um, I, I like to think they're in the top 1%. I mean, they are awesome people who just care so much about others. Um, but in the field of hypnosis and the field of personal development, we have all these tools and techniques. And when it comes down to it all, this stuff's all made up.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but there is more than one way, just like there's more than one way to get to the supermarket. Yes.
1: Yeah. You're right. You're right.
0: I, I just tend to keep away from the people who say this is the only way. Yeah. And sometimes the people who say that are, they're not my crowd.
1: Yeah. I agree. I just agree. Just
0: like you. So keep on doing what you're doing. You are doing awesome stuff. I love it. it. You know, this is, by doing this, people get to know who you are. Hmm. Yeah, and and sometimes more than others.
1: What? And sometimes more than
0: others. (laughs) Because they want to know who you are. What kind of a person are you? So you can, they can say, hey, do you do coaching? Can you coach me? Mm Mm-hmm. And you help me move forward. Yeah. Yeah, they get a little taste of who you are.
1: Well, Wendy, I hope they got a big taste of who you are for sure. <laughs> <laughs> because there's a lot, a lot of little tidbits in here. So we're going to have to wrap up. Time flew by. Actually, it's already been an hour. I cannot believe it. It went so quickly. Is oh, there anything God. before we go... That you want to add in here?
0: Yes, it's a, a little 30 second commercial for if you want to learn hypnosis, go to hypnotherapytrainer.com. Okay. Y P N O T H E R A P Y trainer.com. And if you want to read my book, it's on Amazon. It's called Powerful Thinking on Purpose. And if you want to find out what a session with me is like, and I see clients through Skype and in the office, my office has a name. It's called the center of success. Oh, I like that. And I named the office with my business partner because I said, you know, I want to wake up every morning and say, I'm going to be working right in the center of success. (laughs) I like that. And... Um, if I were interviewing you, I'd say, Sandy, what's your contact information? (laughs)
1: 1000%. I mean, we always put that in there, Wendy, but I'm glad that you put it out there.
0: (laughs) Um, so I do want to say, let's not be strangers and let's meet for coffee. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I want to find out how you're doing and I want to be able to pick your brain.
1: Uh, absolutely. You know, because this has got to be more about you because this is your hour. But I think that we actually have a lot more in common than I even realized at the beginning.
0: Yeah. And yeah. so um, there's things out there that I can do to help you. And, you know, the more we help others, it what goes around comes around. I agree. So email and we'll make a date for coffee. You got it.
1: All right, gang, for Let's Keep It Real, I know for sure you got a lot of stuff out of there. And please, like, look her up for any little tidbits. I promise you, you won't regret it, Uh, even if it's just for a consultation. You're going to have a blast and learn a little takeaway that will improve your daily life. So until next time, you know what I say all the time. You know, besides being wonderful to others and just looking for love and everybody you see, be kind to yourself and toodaloo. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.